Hey, what's up guys here on the Fire Sports Pod where everything we do here is fire. You guys know the drill. So let's get right to the audio show, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Here we go. So we got two segments for you guys today. We're going to be going over the college football bowl games coming up this week and the college football playoffs and what are my two teams that will be in the national championship. And then the week before the national championship, probably next week, we'll be talking about what's happening, and who I got winning the national championship. And then our second and final segment for our audio show here today on the uh, Fire Sports Pod is going over some sports stories around the leagues and my reactions to those stories. I got a lot for you guys, so we're going to get right to it. So first up, we're going to be going over the college football playoffs. So if you guys don't know, we got some bowl games uh, coming up this week. And we have the college football playoffs. Now, college football playoffs have got some stacked teams, but the bowl games are not that bad either, man. Uh, today, we had Boston College take down uh, SMU. Uh, Boston College had 23, and SMU had 14. Boston College got the upset over, over number 24, SMU. But with that being said, you had the pinstripe bowl. Uh, today going on. Uh, Rutgers is playing Miami right now, and if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to be looking up what the score is of that game. And we got we got a tight one as Rutgers is up in the second quarter with 21 seconds on ESPN, 14-7 over Miami, while Miami's second and 10 on Rutgers 32 about to score. And then moving from that, that's, at, that's in Bronx, New York. We have it's the pinstripe bowl, but then you have the pop uh, tarts bowl when number eighteen NC State takes on number twenty five Kansas State in Orlando, Florida at five forty five p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Personally, this is these are pretty good. These are not bad bowl games. I mean, for Boston College, uh, I wanted Boston College to win that game. They got the dub. Uh, the pinstripe bowl. I'm gonna take. I'm going with Rutgers with the win here over Miami. And then the Pop Tarts Bowl, I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with NC State with the win over Kansas State. Even though Kansas State in this game is favored by minus three, but I'm gonna go with uh, NC State with the win. Then in the Alamo Bowl, you got the number twelve Oklahoma Sooners taking on number fourteen Arizona in San Antonio, Texas, at nine fifteen p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN tonight. I'm gonna go with. Number 12, Oklahoma, with the win over number 14, Arizona. And then on Friday, tomorrow, December 29th, the Gator Bowl. This is where we get some big games coming in. You got number 22, Clemson versus unranked Kentucky, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, at 12 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. I'm going to go with number 22, Clemson. They got Dabble uh, Sweeney as the coach. He's a veteran coach. He knows what he's got to do. He knows how to get his jobs done in these bowl games. So I'm going to go with Clemson with the win over Kentucky. Uh, then you got the Tony, the Tigers, Sun Bowl at number 16, Notre Dame versus number 12, uh, not, number 19, Oregon State on El Paso, Texas at 2 p.m. Eastern time on CBS tomorrow. That's going to be a really good game. I'm going to go with number 16, Notre Dame, taking the win over number 19, Oregon State. 
Uh, this is going to be a pretty uh, pretty uh, even matchup, but I'm going to take number 16, Notre Dame, with the win over number 19, Oregon State. In the Liberty Bowl, you got unranked Memphis versus unranked Iowa State in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, it's basically a whole game for Memphis. At 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN, I'm going to take the home state. I'm going to take the home team. I got Memphis winning against Iowa State. And then in the Cotton Bowl, my Ohio State Buckeyes, who are ranked seventh in the nation, versus the number nine, Missouri in Dallas, Texas, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. I'll be taking a look at this game, but I'm going to go with my boys, the Ohio State Buckeyes, to get the win over number nine, Missouri. And that's Saturday, December 30th. You have the Peach Bowl with number 10, Penn State, taking on number 11, Ole Miss. This is going to be a pretty good game in Atlanta, Georgia, at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. I'm going to go with number 10, Penn State, with the win over number 11, Ole Miss. I got faith in Penn State, even though they're rivals for Ohio State, but I'm going to take Penn State with the win. Then the Music City Bowl, you have unranked Auburn versus unranked Maryland. Um, this is going to be a, a, a pretty good matchup, but I'm going to take Auburn with the, a win. They almost beat Alabama the game before Alabama beat Georgia. So I'm going to, in Nashville, Tennessee, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, ABC, I'm going to take Auburn, get the win over Maryland. Then in the Orange Bowl, this is going to be a controversial game when it comes to the college football committee. They're the one that said number five, Florida State, they had the only unbeaten record other than Michigan. Um, so they got bounced out of the college football playoffs because uh, their quarterback, Jordan Travis, got hurt really bad, broke his leg. He out for the season. Um, and they had, they put their backup in. They still finished. 13 and up. So if they beat number six Georgia in the Miami Gardens in Florida, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, ESPN, and for the Orange Bowl, if they beat number six Oregon, uh, number six Georgia, the committee might be like, damn, Florida State should have been in it because that Georgia team over the last two years have lost one freaking game. One game. They over the last three years, something something crazy like that. They've only lost one game. And for Florida State to beat Georgia, it's going to be some eyes are going to be wide, going to be opening up if Florida State does upset Georgia. Even though Georgia's ranked number six, Florida State's ranked number five. Georgia's got their quarterback. Florida State's got their backup. They beat them with a backup quarter. Just imagine they had Jordan Tracks. I'm going to go with Florida State. I'm riding with Florida State. Let's go Seminoles. Then in the Arizona Bowl, you got Wyoming versus Toledo, both unranked in Tusco, Arizona. At 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CW Network slash Barstool. I'm going to go with Wyoming getting the win over Toledo. Wyoming put a, put a pretty, pretty big effort against Texas. Uh, they almost had that. Um, and then Texas pulled away at the end in the fourth quarter. But I'm going to go with Wyoming taking the win over Toledo. Then on Monday, January 1st, 2024, uh, you got the release to Quest Bowl. Number 13, LSU versus Wisconsin. We're going to get to the college football playoffs in just a little bit. But the real request the bowl at January 1st, 2024, number 13 LSU versus unranked Wisconsin in Tampa, Florida at 12 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN2. I'm going to go with number 13 LSU to take the win over Wisconsin. It's going to be a hard-fought, hard gritty game between Wisconsin and LSU, but I think LSU is the better team. I'm going to take LSU with the win. Then in the Circus Bowl, uh, Citrus Bowl, and number 17, Iowa taking on number 21, Tennessee, in Orlando, Florida, at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. 
this is going to be a pretty good matchup, but I'm going to go with number 17. I'm going to go with the upset here. I got number 21, Tennessee, getting the win over number 17, Iowa. And then the Fiesta Bowl, you got number 8, Oregon, versus number 23, Liberty, and Glendale, Arizona at 1 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. I'm going to take number 8, Oregon, with the win over number 23, Liberty. College football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Number one, Michigan versus number four, Alabama in Pasadena, California at 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. I'm going to go with number one, Michigan versus number one, number four, Alabama. Number four, Alabama took down Georgia. I think Alabama is going to beat Michigan. This is going to be a a high-scoring fourth game, just like that Georgia-Alabama game. But I'm going to take Alabama beating Michigan. I think if Alabama can beat Georgia, I think Alabama can beat Michigan. But I got Alabama taking the win over Michigan and advancing to the college football national championship. Then college football playoff semifinal at the Sugar Bowl. You got number two, Washington, taking on number three, Texas. This is going to be a pretty good game uh, in New Orleans, in Louisiana, 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. I don't know, man. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. But I'm going to take number three, Texas, with the win. So I'm going with two upsets here. Um, I like Texas a lot more. Uh, I would like to see Texas going against Alabama in the national championship. I forgot what I picked a couple weeks ago when I did this. But I'm going to take – I'm gonna if I changed it, I changed it. If I stuck with it, I stuck with it. But I'm going to take number three, Texas. And number four, Alabama in the national championship game, which is going to be happening Monday, January 8th in Houston, Texas at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. It's going to be a great national championship, no matter if Texas and Alabama get in there or Michigan and Washington or Michigan and Texas or Washington, Alabama. No matter what, these all four of these teams deserve to be here, and I think all four teams teams are going to put on a show in the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl and whoever are the best teams that come out of the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl that go to the national championship on January 8th in Houston, Texas, I think I'm going to put on a show as well. But I'm going to take Alabama, number four Alabama versus number three Texas next week on Wednesday. I'll let you guys know who's in the, who's in the national championship and I'll let you know who am I pick to win the national championship on Monday, January 8th, to take home the national championship in college football. Other than that, guys, that's pretty much it for my first segment here on the Fire Sports Pod, where everything we do here is fire on our audio show for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tune into this. We're going to be going into our second segment today, uh, which we're going to be going over all the sports stories that I have. And if you guys looked at my TikTok, you guys should already know what I'm about to be talking about, but we should hit this. Because this got a lot of stuff to talk about here. But let's move on to it. So first up, I'm going to go with some crazy story here. Uh, We got a couple ones that came out earlier. Um, But first up, yesterday, December 27th, uh, 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time, there was some news in Frisco, Texas. Uh, A day before his release from the Dallas Cowboys, a linebacker, Rashad Evans, was arrested Tuesday by Frisco police for possession of marijuana. Here we go again with the Dallas Cowboys. This like seems like it's a recurring factor when it comes to our defense or any players on the Dallas Cowboys. There's somebody each year that has a problem with substance abuse, uh, sexual assault, some bull crap that shouldn't be doing. They should be just focusing on football and their career and stop doing this stupid crap. But 
we always get one guy, and the Cowboys waived Evans on Wednesday to make room for the offensive tackle, Matt Wallace-Sacco, who was activated off injured reserve after dealing with a shoulder injury suffered in training camp. Evans played in nine games for the Cowboys and was credited with nine tackles, so he averaged one tackle per game, basically. The former first-round pick joined the team in October on the practice squad. He was a former first-round pick, and now he just got cut because he got caught by Frisco police um, with marijuana. Like, that's just stupid. Like, that's just retarded. I don't understand what these guys, man. They got millions of dollars and all this crap. Why are they doing this shit? But let's move on. Our second story, we're going to be going. You guys probably know this, the news already, but Jacoby Brissett will get his first start of the season when the Washington Commanders face the San Francisco 49ers in Week 17. The 31-year-old quarterback will start in place of rookie Sam Howell, who has been who has gone 4-11 this season as Washington's starting quarterback. Pretty shit. Uh, hasn't really done that much uh, credited uh, by the defense. And yet again, their defense is atrocious. They lost Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And even with them, they weren't doing it as well. But they were doing at least decent. Now they're just absolutely garbage. Sunday will be the 49th NFL start for Brissett uh, in 2016 third-round pick, who won a Super Bowl ring as Tom Brady's backup during his rookie season. Brissett started 11 games last season for the Browns and has thrown more than twice as many career touchdown passes than interceptions. He's thrown 51 touchdown passes in his career and has a total of 23 interceptions in his career, entering Sunday's game against the 49ers, the third-round scoring defense. So it's going to be a hard-fought game for the uh, for um, Jacoby Brissett and the Washington Commanders to take down uh, the 49ers. It's going to be a, a difficult task, uh, but Brissett gives them the best chance to at least be relevant and have a chance to put up some points. Uh, Brissett has seen extensive time in each of the past two weeks. He threw two touchdown passes in Washington's 28-20 loss to the Rams in Week 15 before throwing a touchdown in last week's 30-28 loss. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, hopefully Brissett can give the 49ers a little bit of a, a, a rough one, but them coming off a, 30, uh, a really bad loss to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, on Christmas Day, uh, I think the 49ers are going to answer back and demolish the, uh, the the commanders. But you never know. We'll see what happens with that. More news in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers will be without significant player when they face the Vikings in Minnesota on December 31st. Cornerback Jair Alexander has been suspended for one game by the team conduct detrimental to the team. That's just This is just stupid. If you guys really... Looked at this. This is kind of stupid on why Jair Alexander is suspended one game from the Packers because it's some dumb bullshit. General Manager Brian Gistert announced Wednesday the suspension stemmed from Alexander's actions during a coin flip ahead of their Week 16 win over the Carolina Panthers in overtime. The story is he wasn't a captain to be out there to do the coin flip. He jogged out there and he wasn't supposed to be out there and he was telling the ref, oh, we don't want to receive the kick. We want to defend put the coin, put, uh, we're kicking this way, or whatever the case is, and they won the toss, or whatever it was, that's just dumb. You're not a team captain. Why are you out there? Why are you trying to uh, change the narrative? That's just like showing, like, a lot of these players, man, they're, they're, they're nutcases. They, they got to be like, calm down. I don't understand how you think that you're a captain. You should be out there. You got to you gotta know, you got to stay, stay in your role. You got to know your role, man. Green Bay has formally placed Alexander on the reserve-slash-suspended list. The decision to suspend the player is never easy, and not one was we take lightly. Unfortunately, Jair's actions prior to the game in Carolina led us to take this step. Um, 
As an organization, we have an expectation that everyone puts the team first. While we are disappointed, we had a good conversation with Jair this morning and fully expect him to learn from this as we continue on in the future. Now, we'll see what happens to Jair. Is this like a type of thing where he's going to be gone? Is he just going to is he going to stay here and have repercussions? Would they something with his contract? Would they extend him? Do they let him go? What's the case? Do they trade him? There's a lot of things that this could stem from. So we'll see what happens in the future with Jair. Uh, but moving on from there, we're staying in the NFL, but we're going to the Giants. Uh, well, it was a fun ride for Tommy DeVito run with the New York Giants. It looks like the quarterback is over as the starting quarterback for this time being. Big Blue will instead start Tyrod Taylor at quarterback for their Week 17 matchup with the visiting Los Angeles Rams. Taylor replaced DeVito during New York's 33-25 loss to the Eagles this past Monday. DeVito just only threw 55 yards in the first half of 9 on 16 passing before he was pulled at halftime with the Giants trailing 20-3. While Taylor statistically wasn't much better, he did throw a 69-yard touchdown pass to Darius Slayton that made, a five point, that made it to a five-point game with just over five minutes left. Just try to spark the team, Giants coach Brian Dable said. Uh, when asked about the switch, I don't really have anything else to add than did not did it try to spark the team. So he's just trying to spark the team, give him a little bit more of an edge, but it looks like Tommy DeVito's time in New York as the starting quarterback is officially over, but we'll see in the near future if anything comes to that. It was a good ride for the New York Giants. I'm a Cowboys fan, so I really don't give a shit, but it was cool to see a third-string quarterback from New Jersey come in and get the job done for the couple games that he did. And really sparked the Giants up, and having a, a didn't seem like they were going to have a. It seemed like they were going to have a pretty really really bad season until he came in, and then he sparked the team to get even better. So that, that was a good it was a good stretch for them, but it's officially over. So uh, also news right now: Packers to face rookie quarterback Jaron Hall in Sunday night's must-win game versus the Vikings. So Jaron Hall is going to be starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. That's uh, in place of Mullins, who threw four picks last week um, on Christmas Eve against the Detroit Lions uh, when they lost by six. So that's that should just shows you that. Um, now, moving on from the NFL, we're going into the NBA, where the Los Angeles Lakers remain as the epicenter of NBA trade rumors. We know about the Zach Levine injuries. And I, as a Lakers fan, it would be cool to see it. But... Um, the Hawks guard, DeJounte Murray, is a potential target for the Lakers on Tuesday. Again, and in the NBA rumor mill, take potential target with an appropriate grain of salt. Murray is a very good player, and the Hawks are going nowhere, so he's likely to be a reasonable target for a lot of teams. Recently, Eon Bagley reported that Knicks also have eyes on Murray. In the theoretical bidding war, the Knicks could offer way more draft capital than the Lakers who at the moment only have their 2029 pick available for trade, but the New Orleans, because the, uh, the Pelicans own either LA's 2024 or 2025 first rounders. So my Lakers gave up that in the Anthony Davis trade, which rules out 2026 by virtue of the Stephen rule and the 2027 pick that the Lakers owes Utah, the top four project protected, rules out 2028 for the same reason. So it looks like if any if it comes down to a bidding war and it comes down to either the Knicks or the Lakers, it looks like the Knicks would probably get DeJounte Murray other than the Lakers. 
But it'll be cool to see if the Lakers can pull that off. But that's just probably going to have to mean that Austin Reeves is going to be in and have to be in that trade. And I really don't want to give up Austin Reeves. He works well with LeBron. LeBron likes playing with Austin Reeves. And the last time we gave up somebody like that, which was Alex Caruso, uh, it didn't pan out for the Lakers and LeBron and the organization. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, bearing on 20 minutes here on our Apple Podcast and Spotify audio show, we are moving on to the Denver Nuggets. Staying in the NBA, uh, Denver Nuggets forward Aaron Gordon is away from the team indefinitely after suffering lacerations to his face and hand from dog bites on Christmas Day. Who would have thought? That's just crazy. The team said Wednesday, Aaron is in good condition and will remain away from the team while he recovers, the team said in a statement. Gordon, who has been who is 28 years old and is averaging... Uh, uh, 13.6 points a game, 6.9 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. This season is his 10th in the league. He had 16 points and 10 rebounds in the 120 to 114 win over the Golden State on Christmas. The Nuggets next play the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday, which is today, and we'll see what happens with that if there's any um, lackluster without Aaron Gordon in the lineup. But Moving from that, um, that's just crazy how Aaron Gordon from uh, basically got mauled by a dog on Christmas Day is now going to be out for a long time with lacerations. I believe the the uh, the uh, the extent of the injury, he's got to have 21 stitches. That's a lot. That's that's got to be painful. Now you guys probably you guys definitely know this one. The Brooklyn Nets take down the Pistons. And what's not what we're not talking about is Brooklyn Nets one. What we're talking about is the Detroit Pistons set a single season record with the twenty seventh straight loss as Cunningham goes for forty one, and it's not enough against the Nets. Detroit Pistons set an NBA in a single season record with their twenty seventh straight loss Tuesday night as Cam Johnson scored 24 points, Mikael Bridges added 21 to lead Brooklyn Nets to a 118-112 victory over the Pistons. How the hell do you lose 27 straight games? That's just ridiculous. And the Pistons are not that bad. I mean, the Pistons are not that bad when it comes to their roster. They have Cade Cunningham. They have Asar Thompson. They have um, they have Durant. 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 They have Bondanovich. They have pieces. They just can't get it together. They have Ivy. They have Stewart. They have good core pieces. They just can't mesh it together. Either two guys good on offense, horrible on defense. Two guys are good on defense, horrible on offense. They got to they gotta mess. They got to try to get something. But that's just not looking good for the Pistons. They are now 2-28 and 28 with this loss. Now we are going back to the NFL when the Denver Broncos – Facing a looming decision about Russell Wilson. It is official. The future with the organization is dwindling. They have benched the nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback for Sunday's game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter. Broncos coach Sean Payton informed the team Wednesday morning that Jared Stidham will start Sunday with Wilson serving as the backup according to the sources. The quarterback change helps increase the Broncos' financial flexibility. This upcoming offseason, as Wilson will make an additional $37 million in guaranteed money if he can't pass a fiscal by early March, an injury to Wilson in either of Denver's last two games of the season could trigger that guarantee. So that just shows you Sean Payton and that big argument that they had and screaming at each other on the sideline. 
uh, between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton probably was the big defining factor when um, Sean Payton pulled the plug, basically said, that's it, Russell Wilson, you're done for the season. So Stidham's probably going to be playing the last two games for Denver, and that's pretty much that's all she wrote. Uh, now moving on from the Denver Broncos, we're going to go into we're going to be going into the NBA back again. We're going to go into the Suns and Kevin Durant. There's been a rumor that Kevin Durant with the Phoenix Suns less than a year, but there are already rumors circulating that he is frustrated with the team. However, Durant is known to be a vocal player on social media, and he recently clapped back at the speculation. His comment seems to have been deleted, but Durant had replied to a fan on Instagram on Tuesday. He referenced a report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski in which the NBA insider claimed he was told that Durant is dissatisfied with the underwhelming supporting cast he has in Phoenix. Quote by Durant said, Woj says somebody feels that I'm frustrated and turned into me being mentally checked out. Durant's comment read, this, this shit is crazy. These people can't flat out lie on my name and make shit up. And you people will believe it. But when my coaches and speak on how I am a, as a teammate, you ignore it, LOL. So that just shows you this might be just all speculation. But you never know. Durant's kind of sneaky with it, kind of weird with it. He won't. He'll say something different and mean something else. So we'll see what happens if anything comes about this. But I, I doubt that he's he's checked out. And he doesn't. Want, he's dissatisfied with his teammates. I don't think that's possible. You're playing with Devin Booker. You're playing with Bradley Beal, and you're playing with Yusef Nurkic, uh, Grayson Allen, Eric, Aaron Gordon, uh, Eric Gordon, and yourself. I, I mean, I don't know how you can be mentally checked out. So I don't think that's true. But you never know with Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. So we'll see what happens if anything comes about that. Uh, but more with that, we got uh, four more stories left, and that will be it for my audio show here on the Fire Sports Pod, where everything we do here is far. You guys know the drill. Uh, to, now we're going into some baseball. Rays Wander Franco no-show agency summons in the DR. Now, if you guys don't know, Tampa Bay Rays shortstop Wander Franco did not respond to the summons filed in the Dominican Republic over allegations that he had an inappropriate relationship with them with a minor. The agency directed said Thursday. Now, this has a direct correlation and reference and similarity to uh, Josh Giddy, and he had an uh, inappropriate, supposedly inappropriate investigation on inappropriate um, dating a underage girl that he met at a club. Uh, Olga Dion Lavarice said Franco did not Franco did not show up to the specialized press, prosecutor's office for children and adolescents at 11 a.m. The time he had been given Wednesday to appear. Uh, the following day in Santo Domingo. Uh, Dan Lavaz said the agency would continue with the investigation but did not discuss details in a short news conference with reporters. So we don't really know the extent of what's going to happen if Franco doesn't report to this thing, but it's not a good look on Wanda Franco that he did not report to the summons in the prosecutor's office. So we'll see what happens with this and if Wanda Franco ever plays another, um, another game uh, in the major leagues. Now we're going to move from there and we're going into college football. We were talking about earlier about the college football playoffs and the, and, the, and the bowl games as where Georgia, number six Georgia, will take on number five Florida State in Tallahassee. Um, basically a home game for Florida. Oh, no, uh, in, the, in the gardens of Florida. So based similar to a home game, it's still in the state of Florida. Florida State quarterback Brock Glenn, which I believe is the backup starting for uh, 
Jordan Travis, said that the Seminoles should absolutely be considered national champions if they end the season as the only undefeated Power 5 team in college football. Glenn said the prospect of a raise, a raise said the prospect of raising a banner has been discussed among players and said he and he said that the Seminoles remain focused on finishing out an undefeated season in the Capital One Orange Bowl in spite of a playoff snub and a host of bowl game opt-outs. The Orange Bowl is an awesome bowl, one of the best in the country, and we have a great opportunity in front of us playing Georgia, Glenn said Thursday. It's still a big game for us. We've been taking, taking it serious. We're focused on the guys we have here to help us win this game. So we'll see if this happens. But if Florida State does win this, the committee is going to be under fire and would have been said, yo, you should have Florida State in this. But we'll see next year. I think it's going to 12 teams, so we won't have this problem next year. But we'll see if even Florida State's as good as they are next year or any of these teams that are in the top uh, top five, top ten are good as good as as good as they are this year, next year. So we'll see what happens with that. But I'm going Florida State all the way. Let's go Seminoles. Now we're going to be going back to the NBA. We're going to the Los Angeles Lakers point guard. Gabe Vincent uh, will undergo arthroscopic surgery on his ailing left knee. A source familiar with Vincent's plans confirmed on ESPN on Monday with an expected recovery period of six to eight weeks before he can return to a game action. Vincent, who is 27, signed a three-year, $33 million contract with the, L with the LA Lakers in the offseason, replacing Dennis Schroeder in the backcourt after Schroeder signed a free agent contract with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Vincent's knee has limited him to just five games this season, and he's averaged just only 5.4 points a game on 37.5% shooting with a, with a, with 11.8 percent from three and a 3.0 assist in 25.4 minutes in those five games. Vincent Vincent was a key contributor to the Miami Heat's runs into the NBA Finals last season when he averaged 12.7 points and 3.5 assists during the 2023 postseason while shooting 37.8 percent from three. That's great. So we'll see what happens then. Other than that, guys, that's pretty much it. For my TikTok here on the, I mean my audio show here on the fire.